How many of you parents are excited tonight as well? Oh, that was really weak. That was really, really weak. How many of you are excited about tomorrow? Amen. All right. Fantastic. Well, I've got some great news for you. I'm wearing a brand new shirt. See, my daughter gave me a gift, and I didn't even have to wait until Christmas to open it up. She said, Dad, if you want to wear it for Christmas Eve service, then I'll let you open it up. So this is a gift from my daughter, but it's not the way it was always uh, for the Disheroon uh, family. You realize that I grew up in Baltimore, Maryland, and I was always, every, every Christmas Eve, we would go over my grandparents' house. And we would have dinner, but then we would have to wait to open up the gifts from our grandparents. The reason is, is that my grandfather worked at a steel mill, and he was on the second shift. And his shift was from 3 o'clock in the afternoon till 11 o'clock at night. Can you imagine kids going to your grandparents' house and having to wait hours on top of hours to finally be able to open up your gift. Well, that happened for us every single Christmas. But I will tell you, as soon as granddad got home, he would plop himself down in the chair and then us kids would just tear into those presents. It was a great time of celebration. And I want to share with you the joy of what it's like to be part of a family. As Stephanie mentioned, Joseph and Mary were betrothed to be married, and they were going to have a child. In Matthew chapter 1, we read the story that we heard about as Stephanie related to the kids. This is what it says. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man, and he did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place, what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child, and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife, but he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. You know, as I recall this story for us tonight, I just want us to remember the number 221. Can you all do that? Two, two, one. Two miracles. Two miracles. Two names. And one decision. Two miracles. 
Two names, one decision. The first miracle is not hard to find. The angel's message to Joseph. Now, I I don't know who this angel is. It doesn't say in Matthew. Some scholars believe that this was also the angel Gabriel because he appeared to Zechariah, John the Baptist's father. And he also appeared to Mary. But we can't be dogmatic. We understand the first rule of Bible study is don't read any more into the Bible than what is there. Clearly, Matthew didn't feel like we needed to know what the name of the angel was, just that there was an angel that appeared to Joseph in a dream. Now, Joseph had a dream. We all have dreams. Do you realize that the average person, every person in this room, you average having three to five dreams every single night? Three to five dreams. Now, you don't always remember all of them. Sometimes you remember pieces and parts of them. And sometimes you want to get up the next morning and share them with your family and friends. But Joseph remembered his dream. It was very detailed. It was very specific. And Joseph took that dream to heart. He heard from the angel. That was the first miracle. The second miracle is the virgin birth. Remember what the, uh, the angel told Joseph. Mary will uh, be, be uh, gotten by the Holy Spirit. Well, it's this virgin birth. Now, let me ask you a question. How many people have ever been born of a virgin? Only one. Jesus Christ is the only one. This is so unique. It's never happened before, nor will it ever happen again. It's incredible. Many of us in this room would sit there and say the virgin birth is too miraculous for us to understand. But let me ask you a question. The creator of the entire universe, the one who spoke the word into being, the world into being, he literally spoke and it came out of nothing. God said, let there be light and there was light. This is the same God who wrote every single physical and natural law that we operate within in our world. The natural laws that we, you know, the scientists did not invent gravity. Science discovered gravity. God was the author of how gravity would happen. And if God can create the laws, then God can also suspend the laws. If you take any time and read through the Gospels and the, uh, the rest of the New Testament, you'll see that God used miracles all the time throughout Jesus' life. Jesus would suspend miracles, suspend the natural laws in order to do accomplish great things. This same Jesus was born of a virgin. It was promised in Genesis when God said to the serpent, I will put enmity between you and Your seed and the woman's seed. Notice he didn't say the man's seed. He said the woman's seed. It was promised in Genesis chapter 3. It was prophesied in Isaiah. The Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. So it was promised in Genesis. It was prophesied in Isaiah. And then lastly, it was pronounced to Matthew and Matthew to Joseph. Joseph hears these words, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, with you, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. So we have these two miracles. But then we move on to the two names. 
Notice what it says there. You are to give him the name Jesus. Now the word Jesus is Greek and it means the Lord saves. The author here, Matthew, goes on to say because he will save his people from their sins. Do you realize that the Old Testament equivalent of Jesus is Joshua? Joshua, if you know anything about the Bible, you'll know this. Joshua succeeded Moses as the leader of the Israelite people. Joshua uh, led them into the promised land, into the land flowing with milk and honey. Joshua fought the battles against their enemies for them. Joshua provided them an inheritance. But Joshua saved the people physically. The later Joshua, named Jesus, would save us spiritually. It is Jesus who will lead us into the promised land called heaven. It is Jesus who will himself save us from our sins. It is Jesus who is the one who will give you a great inheritance at the end of your days. And then it is Jesus who saves us spiritually. This is the need of all humankind, a spiritual salvation. We find that in the first name, Jesus. But then there's a second name, and it's Emmanuel. The word Emmanuel was prophesied by Isaiah, and it means God with us. You realize God has wanted to be in relationship with humankind since he created them. God was in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve sinned. God came down to Mount Sinai to Moses to give him the Ten Commandments. God came into the tent of meeting. God had given Moses instructions to build a tabernacle so that God could dwell with his people. God's spirit indwelt the temple that was built by Solomon. But now the Jewish people had been waiting thousands of years But now this Messiah has come, and his name is Jesus. His name is Emmanuel, means God with us. The gospel writer John would say it this way, in the beginning was the Word, a reference to Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Several verses later, it then defines that this Word became flesh, and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only begotten Son of Almighty God. It's in that same context that John says, and whoever believes in him, God will give them the right to become children of God. There's no other way. There is no other way for us to get to God than through the one who came down from God. Love came down. The Bible says that God is love. And he demonstrated it so that Jesus would pay for the sins of all mankind, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. So the two names, Jesus and Emmanuel, The two miracles, the appearance of the angel in a dream and the virgin birth. But there's one decision, one decision. 
You know, Stephanie referenced it earlier and had them even read it. It says that when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. Joseph had a decision. Have you ever contemplated what might have been had Joseph been disobedient? Have you ever thought about what would have happened had he not listened to the angel? Do you want to believe in God or do you want to believe in yourself? God knows the end from the beginning. He knows your life and mine. He knows everything about us. He did for us what we could not do for ourselves. He sent his one and only son to pay the penalty for sin. We are all sinners, every single one of us. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. We gather in places of worship like this to hold up the name of Jesus. Why? Because he alone is worthy. Because he is the one who shed his blood on the cross for our sin. And if you believe in his name, you will be saved. So my question for all of us tonight is this. Who is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus to you? Is he a figment of the disciples' imagination? Is he just a historical figure that people worship? Is this Jesus a great moral teacher and nothing else? Or is he God in the flesh, loving and saving a sinful world? There is only one way to God, and that is through the Son, Jesus Christ. He would claim these words, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. You know, to close tonight, I want to share these words from an essay written long ago. It's called One Solitary Life. Listen as I read along. He was born in an obscure village, the child of a peasant. He grew up in another village where he worked as a carpenter until he was about 30 years old. And then for three years, he was an itinerant preacher. He never wrote a book. He never held an office. He never had a family or owned a home. He didn't go to college. He never lived in a big city. He never traveled more than 200 miles from the place where he was born. He did none of the things that usually accompany greatness. He had no credentials except himself. He was 33 when the tide of public opinion turned against him. His friends ran away. One of them even denied him. He was turned over to his enemies and he went through the mockery of a trial. He was nailed to a cross between two thieves. While he was dying, his executioners gambled for his garment, the only property he had on this earth. When he was dead, he was laid in a borrowed grave through the pity of a friend. 
20 centuries have come and gone. And today he is the central figure of the human race. I am well within the mark when I say that all the armies that have ever marched, all the navies that have ever sailed, all the parliaments that have ever sat, all the kings that have ever reigned, put together, have not affected the life of humankind on this earth as much as this one solitary life. Let us pray. Father, we're going to sing a song, Angels We Have Heard on High. And Lord, when we sing it, I pray that all of us will reflect on that one solitary life who penetrated this world, who came down from heaven. Love came down. Lord, all of us in this room must wrestle with the fact of this question. Who is Jesus to us? Do we know him? Do we trust him? Do we place our life in his hands? Those are great questions, but the most important question is this. Does Jesus know you? Does he know you? Do you have a relationship with him? Would he recognize you if you called on him? Tonight is that opportunity for you to invite Jesus in to your heart. I pray that you will do that tonight if that issue is not settled. But as we sing, let us reflect, O oh Lord, on the goodness of Jesus, the love that came down. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.